On the tee, the knackered golfist. Four, please. The knackered golfist now driving. You are listening live to the Knackered Golfist Podcast. The Knackered Golfist Podcast. I guess this could be a final synopsis of the AT&T Pebble Beach National Pro-Am. Of course, they don't call it national anymore. Um... They finished the uh, tournament yesterday, and they uh, they just played like, I don't know, it was like less than 10 guys were out there playing nine holes of the back nine, and they finished, and Justin Rose won, and so I don't know who else, I don't know who uh, finished second or third or whatever, but um, Justin Rose won, and I, I'm glad that he won because he's a good guy, and he's... Uh, Loyal to the PGA Tour for showing up, and I watched this or I listened to his press conference yesterday, and there was one question that a reporter asked him about Homa Golf, and he didn't get the name right. And uh, Hanma was a uh, was a change that he made back in 2019. Because TaylorMade would not let him use his Axis One putter, and he is committed to this putter, and it improves his putting. And he's, and I guess he proved it yesterday that he won with it, and he's had it in the bag for a long time, for at least four years, I would think. And so when he said that the, uh, when he said that he had to make a, make a change to Hanma Golf, it was just because basically, you know, there's a lot of good stuff out there to use and there's a lot of good equipment, but I guess the reason why, well, <clears throat> the reason why he didn't stay with Hanma because, was because I guess the, uh, the fitting process wasn't so, wasn't, wasn't really, it wasn't as good as it could be, I guess. There was something to do with the fitting and, and just the overall long-term, the overall long-term use of the clubs, I guess, made his game slump or something. I don't know. But I thought it was interesting that that the reason why he left TaylorMade was because he loves that Axis One putter, and they would not let him use it. And if he was going to be with TaylorMade, he was he would have been forced to use a TaylorMade putter instead of the putter that he wants. So I guess I don't know what he's got now. I know he's using that Pro V1 golf ball, but I find it interesting that uh, that a club manufacturer that a tour player uses does not have the choice to use a certain club that they want. And that's that's interesting. So I don't know I don't know what else I can take away from 
that tournament. I'm I'm glad it's over, and I'm glad that the uh, the tournament got to shine a little bit, and I'm glad I got to see a sunset on uh, TV on Peacock when I was watching it on Sunday, and I thought it was a really good tournament. I mean, it was a tournament. It started off rough, and it started off kind of annoying. But that whole win thing, and I'm wondering if Justin Rose was on one of the greens at Monterey Peninsula to determine that, uh, you know, stoppage of play was necessary because of the win. And so there was a few amateurs, like I thought before, that were having problems with the wind, like the ball wouldn't stay on the green or whatever. And I thought it was uh I still think that the wind is the wind shouldn't be a problem and there should be a way to complete the tournament even if the wind is bad. I, I don't know. I, I really think that uh just the amount of time and effort and sponsors that have to be satisfied with this tournament and the the amount of eyeballs that they need to watch this to make a dent in the advertising thing. I mean, I'm not too concerned about that, but it's like when you have a tournament of this magnitude spread around three golf courses and that includes amateurs in it, everything has to be perfect. And it's almost as if you know, you got to wonder if the golf courses are too difficult for amateurs to begin with to actually have a free-flowing golf tournament that will end on a good day or on a good time schedule. And then to add to the insult to injury, you got to worry about the weather and how the weather can really play havoc with your golf tournament. And that's got, I mean, that's the only, that's the only amateur program, uh, that's the only pro-am tournament that's on the PGA Tour, and it just so happens to be in Monterey during, in February, during the wintertime, and that still baffles me that they have it that time of year. I mean, it's, it's ideal when there's no weather coming around. And it's just gorgeous every day there. But it's really interesting how every every year every year they're uh they're really taking their chances when it comes to you know, weather and uh stoppage of play and all this other stuff. <laughs> so I'm just wondering also if they prepare the course differently for this event. I mean, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they just, uh, because they maintain that course every day for, for, uh, for what do you call it, for regular play. And Pebble Beach is the, well, Spyglass is public as well, but Pebble Beach is also public. It's a really high-end public golf course. But it's still it's still a uh, 
a very difficult course to get around. So yesterday I was looking around at uh, I was looking at the fifth hole and the history of the fifth hole, I think, a little bit. I was just looking at it, just looking at a picture. I found a picture online of the fifth hole during the 92 U.S. Open. And it was the only par three, well, it was a par three on the front nine that was not, that was not uh, surrounded by the ocean, or it didn't have the ocean on the one side. And that new fifth hole was built, I think, in the late 90s. Or the, or I don't, I don't, I'm thinking it was made. It was built for the uh, 2000 U.S. Open, and uh, that hole has been there for 23 years, or 22 years at least. And so it just seems like yesterday that that hole was built out of. I, I think it was a property that used to be there, and then I think that. Uh, a property that is on the old fifth hole is uh, covering up the uh, the land that the old fifth hole used to be on. And I thought it was a cool hole. I thought it was it was sort of a, a hole that was nestled in the forest, and you had this sort of what do you call it a forest oasis of this golf hole that was all uphill, and it was just a little par three. It could have been 130 yards with a bunker in front of it. I thought it was a cool, I thought it was a nice hole. But me, I, I like old things. I don't really like new things. And uh, I can't really think of anything else to say about it other than I'm glad it's over. And I already saw, so Justin Rose isn't going to play in the uh, Phoenix Open. I guess he's going back to England to rest up for a week and then he's going to go back to he's going to go to LA and play at Riviera and I mean I got to think that uh, Riviera should be raring to go I would think you shouldn't have any you shouldn't have any weather delays well I take that back if you if you take into account the weather or sorry the winter that we've all had here in California you don't know if Riviera is going to be rained out or not, you just don't know. But they've had ample time to uh, prepare for the tournament, get that Kikui grass mowed down, and uh, get those greens rolling well. But I think that tournament is the uh, – I still think it's the best tournament on the West Coast just because – just because it's uh, – it's on that golf course, and it's all pros, and there's no amateurs in it. And the golf course, I always thought that Riviera was awesome. And you know what's weird is that uh, I found a similarity between the tee shot at number eight at Pebble Beach and then the tee shot at 18 at Riviera. I think those are sort of similar shots where you have you sort of play a uh, – I think the one at Riviera might be more pronounced where you have to fade the ball off the tee and you have to hit the ball over a rise to get into the fairway. But I think that the uh, the eighth hole at Pebble Beach does not have 
such as steep and abrupt left side of the fairway where the ball can get caught up in kikuyu grass and get, you know, get, get trapped in the grass and not allow it to go forward. I just thought those holes, those tee shots were a bit similar. So, anyway, uh, I don't know any of the holes at TPC uh, Scottsdale. I just remember that it's it's February and it's overseeded, and you got dormant Bermuda around there everywhere. And I just think it should be it should be a really really good tournament because you got a really high amount of money for a purse. I think that's got to be the most money that's ever been available for grabs, up for grabs in Phoenix of all time. It's got to be. Because that tournament, even though it was always played on Super Bowl Sunday, that or Super Bowl weekend, with the 60th, with the 60th hole around that, that stadium, around the 60th hole, you never know. You never know what happens. So I'm just thinking out of the box, just thinking who could have a chance there. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, I think Tony Finau had the lead going into that tournament or coming maybe at the, at the, at the last few holes he had the lead and then he, and then he sort of choked it away. And I think uh, somebody else won. And, and then, and then Brooks Kepka came out of nowhere and he, uh, he killed his way to winning that tournament. He's a, he, he just killed it. He just didn't care, and he just got it, the ball in the hole, and he killed just like a lion would. And he, uh, I think that could have been a couple of years ago that he won. But I can't remember who won last year. And I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if the course is going to be set up a bit more difficult, just because it's a twenty million dollar purse. And, I mean, I don't know. It just still blows me away. It still makes me really think as to why the big-time tour players showed up in San Diego for a purse that was only $8.7 million when Pebble Beach was $9 million. Well, you got to think. you got to think. I mean, they do play on two golf courses in San Diego at Torrey Pines. I think it's just like the first two days they play the north course and the south course. And then they weed out the uh they weed out the fields to make the cut. And then I guess they play the south course the last two days. And and you gotta think that the amount of real estate the amount of the amount of land that the golfer and the caddy has to survey before they play that tournament. It's got to be a big reason why they showed up. You know, they showed up to that one and not Pebble Beach. At Pebble Beach, you have three golf courses that demands that the caddy and the player survey all the land that they're playing on to be able to to be able to know the property before they start playing. 
So I, I just think that the caddy has to do a lot more work for less money at Pebble Beach. And if you do make the cut, you know, I think the lowest pay, the lowest position that paid was only $17,000. That was like for dead last in the tournament. So that's just interesting to me. It's just like all of the stuff that has to go into preparing for a tournament is really, really something because you have all the uh, the data that's, that's available to you probably in uh, something like an iPad or something that you can look at. And this is like the caddy and the player can just sit down and say, okay, what's our strategy for the sixth hole at Pebble Beach? You know, like like what Justin Rose was saying yesterday, the, there was a guy that asked him, what was the most memorable shot you hit out there? And what's the most memorable hole that you played on that is different from any other hole he's ever played? And he was talking about number six and that. Number six came to mind to me when I heard that. And he he said number six as well because number six, you know, he played – there was a guy, I think it was Kitayama, that hit a drive on number six and it didn't fade. And he was ended, he ended up in the rough on, like, a 45-degree angle on that hole. And he, you know, he had a heck of a time getting up and down from there. But I think he hit a three-wood. Justin Rose hit a three-wood off the tee, and then he, the ball sort of didn't fade as much as he wanted it to, and it landed in the bunker. And this was on Sunday when he was playing the final round on uh, on the front nine. In, in really late in the afternoon. So he hit it in that bunker, and then he hit the ball out. And just the amount of gusto that was in that shot, because he, you really have to have a lot of loft on your shot on that hole out of that bunker, especially out of the bunker, to get out of the bunker above the lip. And then you have, if, if it's the escarpment or the hill, that is sort of guarding the front of the green at number six. He had a lot. And then you have probably the wind coming at you from wherever that was coming from. But just that was some shot that he hit back then, back on that hole. And, he, and the, the pin was cut, I think, in like the front right or front left or something. And he got on the green and he made eagle. He may have been less than 10 feet from the hole. And that was an amazing shot. I thought that was the shot of the tournament was his recovery out of that bunker to get on the green at two and make eagle. That was awesome. And that just shows that uh, he he had a lot of focus going on there, and he was able to do that. So that was really good. Really good shot, and that's the one I'll remember. So... um, Anyway, I think that's about it. Thanks for listening. You know, congratulations to Justin Rose for winning that golf tournament at Pebble Beach, and I hope that uh, he has a few more wins this year. And I heard that he had issues with his back last year, and he was trying to get back in shape and get uh, get fit for this year. So he uh, he was working on that last year, and so I hope he feels better. All right. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks for listening.
God bless America. On the tee, the knackered golfist. Four, please. The knackered golfist now driving. You are listening live to the knackered golfist podcast. The Knackered Golfist Podcast. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. This is the Knackered Golfist Radio Network.